1: Well, what is up, all of our Liberty loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston. I'm the co host of this program. And today, guest co hosting is Miss Amanda Griffiths, all the way from the great state of California, right? How's it going today, Amanda?
0: It's great because I'm here, Uh, other than, no, I'm joking. And no, it's going going well. It's going super well. Always happy to host, good morning, Liberty, co-host, good morning, Liberty, with you guys. Uh, So I'm always glad to join the live group and you.
1: So we had some interesting things happen over the weekend. We got this Twitter files thing from Matt Taibbi, which I'm sure you saw that whole thing, Uh, We had Trump on Friday talking about terminating some rules in the Constitution so he could be reinstalled back in the power. Uh, Not just a QAnon thing, like Trump just literally said that we needed to (laughs) terminate parts of the Constitution so we could be president again. And if we have time today, we could talk about this uh, Supreme Court case uh, that's starting today about Colorado website designer. Who does not want to design wedding websites for gay weddings? And this is from a place that is five miles away from a famous bakery. A lot of not liking gay people going on in this part of Colorado.
0: I think these are the same people. These are are this is like a Christopher (laughs) Guest uh, movie series. Like it's just it's the same actors. They're just doing different things. Is this are this are the same people playing? The 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 guys like or did they switch roles because it, because it, guest sometimes says that
1: they've at least changed their names to protect the innocent I don't know that's what they do in Law and Order so maybe that's what they've done this time too uh, they do at least have but very original last name Smith so if you so, oh yeah yeah. You know. Yeah,
0: um, that's real. No, my sister's last name now that she's married is Jones. So okay. that that allows her to like do cool things with first names of her kids. So yeah, Smith. Okay, well, only a couple of those.
1: Amanda, I wrote a monologue about the Twitter files thing. Are you Are you did ready? You? Did you? I
0: would love to hear your mon. Can I coach you?
1: Did you write one?
0: Did I write a monologue? Yeah, did you I can write, a write whole one
1: monologue? while you're talking. <laughs> I'm. I'll just. I just wrote this out while I was, while I was uh, thinking about this whole thing. And I'm going to let everyone know what happened as if no one saw the, tweets, the tweet thread that has 154,000 retweets on it as of uh, the time that we started this recording. There's, I don't know what the record is for the most retweets on something, but uh, this whole tweet thread's pretty big. So, mm-hmm. so Friday night... Author and journalist Matt Taibbi laid out a massive tweet thread. I think it was like 37 tweets. I don't know how many. Detailing what most of us already knew or suspected. Twitter's been censoring speech and even breaking news events at the behest of both left and right politicians for years. People on the left and the right all need to realize that this included people on the left and the right that have been censoring the speech. Did you get the notes that I sent over, by the way? I did indeed, yes. Okay, making sure. The 37-ish tweet thread was based on information shared by Twitter CEO Elon Musk in an attempt to create transparency concerning political bias and free speech. I did not personally see any specific smoking gun First Amendment violations in the thread. Uh, Musk has announced that there will be much more to come. What I do see are top officials at Twitter willing to censor speech to further their own political agendas. On October 14, 2020, the New York Post published what we know as the Hunter Biden laptop story. Possible details found on the abandoned laptop included corruption between the Bidens and China, 10% for the big guy, all that, numerous examples of drug use, nude photos, some will call them dick pics, you name it. Generally, not something you want to forget at a laptop repair shop. The story was almost immediately marked as unsafe, Links were removed from the site. The ability to share was removed. The New York Post account was locked. And the story was even blocked from being shared via direct message, something Taibbi points out had only been reserved for extreme cases like child pornography. Twitter's initial excuse for censoring the story was a violation of their hacked materials policy. But it was immediately pointed out in their their own personal private channels that that excuse was not going to hold. Former trust and safety chief Yoel Roth stated the policy basis is hacked materials, though as discussed this is an emerging situation where the facts remain unclear. Given the severe risks and lessons of 2016, we're erring on the side of of including a warning and preventing this content from being amplified. Former VP of Global Comms, Brandon Borman asked, can we truthfully claim that this is part of the policy? Uh, But there was kind of one semi-bright spot on the left, and that was Democratic Congressman Ro Khanna, uh, who's someone that I think I disagree on basically everything except for maybe free speech, it seems like. Uh, the quote from Khanna that was in here says, uh, this seems, this was, a, this was actually a personal private email to people at Twitter, uh, said, this seems a violation of the First Amendment principles, Representative Khanna wrote to vijayagade if there is a hack of classified information or other information that could expose a serious war crime and the New York Times was to publish it, I think the New York Times should should have that right. A journalist should not be held accountable for the illegal actions of the source unless they actively aided the hack. So to restrict the distribution of that material especially regarding the presidential candidate seems not in the keeping of the principles of New York Times v Sullivan. I say this as a total Biden partisan and convinced he didn't do anything Wrong. Now they uh, also said that it's leading serious efforts to curtail Section 230, many of which would have been a mistake. I believe Twitter itself should curtail what it recommends or puts in trending news. And your policy against QAnon groups is all good. It's a hard balance, but in the heat of the presidential campaign, restricting dissemination of newspaper articles seems like it will invite more backlash than it will do good. End quote from Rokana. All right, so my my final thoughts on this were, uh, while Taibbi did point out that requests to remove content came from both the left and the right, including the Biden team and the Trump White House, he was equally clear that an overwhelming majority censorship was handled on behalf of the left. After all, 98.47% of political donations from Twitter employees went to Democrats. It remains to be seen what the Trump White House requested Twitter to censor. On a legal, constitutional basis, that would be more concerning than acting on behalf of an unelected political candidate. Until we see communications from or on behalf of those in a position of power, this should be seen as a major indictment of the old regime at Twitter, an opportunity to call for more transparency, and our social media, from our social media companies. Keep in mind that Twitter is a business run by human beings with political biases and personal agendas. They will... Never in political personal biases affect on free speech, but it would be nice to know when it's happening. I then go on to say that we can't depend on these benevolent billionaires and we also cannot depend on the government. Clearly, we're just going to be depending on the market and competition to solve this problem. Amanda, so what are your thoughts on that situation?
0: I, I agree in general with what you're saying i think we need to differentiate between what is a violation of the first amendment and what is a violation of first amendment principles twitter is not subject to the first amendment twitter is not a government although twitter uh is a big tech company and would really enjoy being regulated by the government because twitter would get to help write those regulations basically every time mark zuckerberg goes in front of a congressional hearing he pressed, and I know Mark Zuckerberg was Facebook, but every time these big tech leaders go in front of Congress. They prostrate themselves and beg for regulation. Why? Because they can write regulations that make it really hard for incumbents to enter the space or sorry, for newcomers to enter the space and attempt to compete with incumbents. And when there is no competition with incumbents, didn't we talk about this last time? You actually do get something like monopoly. And you get really, really ossified institutions that are very slow to evolve. Um we saw this with network and broad you know with with big network media in a lot of cases. Uh but yeah first amendment principles can routinely be violated and and they certainly were in this case. Uh, Twitter has an absolute right uh again I have to say this because when people are listening to people who are more libertarian-oriented, they'll say, Well, isn't it a company that can do whatever? Yes, they can. Twitter has an absolute right to do this. Uh, it is a violation of the principles of the First Amendment. And once again, while I do agree that it uh it it would heighten and it has heightened calls from the right uh to Censor big tech or to curtail Section big tech Section two thirty, then yes, that's true. However, Twitter is kind of okay with that, or at least the old regime was, because once again, they get to help write the regulations.
1: Yeah, I I really would caution Republicans on pushing for uh, more control over these big tech companies. I understand everyone wanting to move towards this. Uh, one of the other things I point out uh, in this little thing that I wrote, which is probably just going to end up becoming an article, I guess, uh, is that there's been a lot of pollsters that have concluded that anywhere between 4% to what I think is an extreme case, 17% of Biden voters in various parts of the country would have changed their votes if they would have known the details of the Hunter Biden laptop story. And the, the election was close enough that, this decision by Twitter to censor this on whatever basis they decided could have actually changed the outcome of the election. And I understand why Trump is upset about that. I understand why Republicans are upset about that and you want to control it. but who who do we trust even less than big tech? It, it would be the government in my opinion. That's uh, the most dangerous path that we could go down.
0: That, well, that's true and and I never understood well, I understood that there were some damning indictments of just sort of the the Biden network in that story. However, that story was sensational because it had naked pictures of of, who was then a presidential candidate's son uh, using drugs. I missed the memo on how you have to use drugs naked. (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's just like him lighting a crack pipe naked all the time. Does he use drugs when he's clothed? Because I, I feel like we have a very, very clear intervention strategy. Just put a shirt on the man.
1: That's, that's true. The restraint, I yeah. guess. Uh, just yeah. uh, always keep him in settings where he can't get naked. And uh, yeah. I think that's going to kick his drug habit. Maybe it uh, makes maybe get too hot. Just get too hopped up getting all sweaty when you get your clothes off? Yeah,
0: well, I mean, yeah, it depends. I guess when you get, well, whatever. (laughs) So I, I don't, I didn't understand because if we were to be focusing on this story, right, it would mostly be around, oh, these pictures of, of Hunter Biden. Uh, so I never understood all of the hullabaloo around either needing to silence the story or people caring so much about what it said about Joe Biden in particular. Hunter Biden was not running for president. If this is Joe Biden, then I feel like it would be more of an issue to me personally but uh i again i agree with you with the general spirit of what you're saying um and once again with republicans anything any any big government policy that you enact can and will be used against you mitch mcconnell essentially proved this when he was talking about it. you will regret this and you might regret it a lot sooner than you mm-hmm. think that's pretty I mean, good. That's good. When, I when like he was it. talking about how oh I do a lot of great impressions, yeah. Um for, I can't do Trump. It's so I've never terrible.
1: been able to do a Trump impression. I can't do it.
0: I can't do a Trump and I can't do a Clinton. And those are apparently the easiest ones to do. <laughs> anyway. Um I, I can do James Carl. I can do James James Carver, <laughs> Ray, Ray Kate. I can do him. I can do just Uh <laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry. Um great content. But But yeah, so I I agree with you in in principle. And I would also, yes, admonish Republicans that you guys know that this is a slippery slope and you may regret this a lot sooner than you think.
1: I think the issue with uh, how it pertains to Biden are the 10 percent for the big guy uh, that from some of the emails and the idea that there could have been some deals made in China and potentially using Hunter's contact, which was uh, currently the vice president of the United States at some of those times to get some lucrative deals in China and Ukraine and wherever else it was. And I, I think that is important. It's important that those things are actually proven and out in the open as libertarians. We assume and know that those things are happening all the time when you have that power. Of course, that's happening. I guess we can't prove it. And in this case, it would be nice to actually uh, show proof that there was corruption happening. And they still haven't proven that, by the way. They've had the laptop for a while. So one thing that people need to remember is that this came out how long before the election was it 20 days, 20... Uh, I can't remember how long it was before the election. Um, we would not have had all of that information as to whether or not there was real corruption going on between the Bidens and Ukraine and China and all that uh, beforehand. We, but apparently some of the polls they've done have shown that if people at least had that idea that it would have changed, who knows? So any anything else important on that? I, I really do not want this to equal more social media regulation. Uh, the The only thing I want from this is is a more emphasis on competition for these companies that goes for all of us there is competition out there and like i said you can't depend on an elon musk running these companies and he's not even he he is not even as absolute on free speech as he was portraying himself to be as we've uh, as we've seen already i think the mission creep of safety will will creep into his free speech absolutism as time goes on. We've already seen it a little bit with some extreme cases. So uh, with if we're done on that, we can move on to this weird Donald Trump story. Ready for that?
0: Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I love how the man is out qanon and QAnon. <laughs> yes. like he's, he's just, he'll see what their conspiracy theories are, and he'll say, I'll raise you.
1: I'll mm-hmm. raise you. Like the, To the point where the QAnon people are probably like, okay, Whoa, hold on. That's a little, that's a little too far. Trump, let's calm it down just a bit. (laughs) All right. So speaking of Trump, he is doubling down on his calls to terminate the constitution. And I, what I love about this is that I can now call him the terminator and the terminator, of course, famous for saying, I'll be back. And there needs, needs to be a really good meme. And there's got to be one out there of Donald Trump as a terminator saying, I'll be back. It would just make perfect sense. I just haven't had time to make it. If anyone in the live group or someone listening could make the Terminator meme saying I'll be back, that'd be good. So just as a backstory before we go through this, this is what Trump said on Truth Social after the release of the Twitter files that we just talked about. Here's his truth. This is his personal truth. So is It's
0: his lived experience.
1: <laughs> so with the revelation of a Massive and widespread fraud and deception in all caps, and working closely with capitalized big tech companies, the DNC, and the Democrat Party. Do you throw the presidential election results in caps of 2020 out? He said, Do you throw the presidential election results of 2020 out and declare the rightful winner, or do you have a new election? A massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules, regulations and articles, even those found in the Constitution. Our great
0: Wait, but what <laughs> I thought we were violating the Constitution, and that was the problem. Like we were violating the OK. Yeah, but I'm sorry. in this
1: case, you have to violate the Constitution to save the Constitution. You know It's like two negatives together, they're going to equal a positive.
0: You're saying the Constitution wants
1: it. It's it's asking for it in this case, from what What I can tell. Yeah. Well, (laughs) he then says, what's it wearing? He says, our great founders in quotation marks. Is he implying that they're not the founders? I don't know. Did not want and would not condone false and fraudulent elections. I don't know how he comes to the decision of what he's going to capitalize and what he's going to put in quotes. Um, I thought
0: it might be like a German thing because, I mean, they'll like capitalize nouns, but sometimes he just capitalizes things that he cares about, but then he'll put in all caps things that he really cares about. I
1: don't know. The caring is determined by the amount of capitalized letters in the word is what you're saying.
0: So. But is it a different type of caring? Like, is it an emphatic caring versus an mm. angry caring? Or is it...
1: No, no, no. Capitalize when... capitalizes what you should care about. The all caps is him yelling, he's upset. Uh, Capitalizing right. is what is something that you should care about, I think. Yeah. Hmm.
0: Well, and yeah I think you generally yeah if it's if it's something that he capitalizes but doesn't put in all caps it's just it's a major thing to him okay. and then if he puts it in all caps it's something about which you should be angry but I'm so between massive fraud and rightful winner I'm gonna write something about this it's going to be great content everyone's going to love it
1: so here is yeah. the president, the former president, he was the president, um, actually saying that we should suspend some rules in the Constitution to reinstall him as the president because he is the rightful winner of the election. Should we call him chancellor when that happens or what What are the rules here? I don't, I don't know. What do you think?
0: Probably the boss. I mean, he probably would, <laughs> would respond well to CEO-type titles. Uh, no, I I just, at least he's being honest about it, right? I mean, when the left tries to not uh, not abide by the Constitution, usually they couch it in the fancy rhetoric. He just comes right out and says it, which is nice. I mean, put your cards on the table, I guess. Yeah. Um. Yeah, this is what doesn't make sense to me, though, because, well, as I said, If we are arguing that we need to throw out the Constitution, then what's the problem with what just happened? Because what just happened was a violation, I thought, of First Amendment principles. Evidently, that's a good thing. So why? I mean, it looks like we're throwing it out already. Except again, we're we're violating those principles or Twitter was violating these principles. Uh, not the actual First Amendment, which once again does not apply to things that are not the government. Um, Yeah, I I know he's trolling. He is (laughs) absolutely trolling and stoking his base. Now, what you had said... Uh, In in your show notes, if I can pull the curtain back a little Mm -hmm. bit, is that you said that the Republican Party needs to officially dump Trump. This is what was such a blessing about the midterms is that you saw... And Democrats are kind of walking it back now a little, be- because now there were so many unmet expectations from the Republicans to perform well that the pressure's off them, and they can and they can go back to the same old, same old of defending Joe Biden on everything. However, in the aftermath, I really enjoyed it. Was truly refreshing to see pundits and politicians both distance themselves from their respective party leaders. It was lovely to see Republicans finally say, you know, I'm not behind this. To see people on the left say, Joe Biden doesn't, I may, maybe he's kind of a lame duck. Maybe it's time for some fresh blood. Maybe, I don't know if he's kind of lost his touch a little bit, It was lovely. It was wonderful. And so the Republican Party is, in fact, quite good at conducting postmortems. What they're bad at is following through. Democrats don't have as much of a chance to conduct those postmortems because they get their all of their data from echo chambers. They get their data from media companies that are largely left-oriented. So it's very difficult for them to even know what's going on. Because they are surrounded by networks that will tell them a lot of what they want to hear. Republicans have constantly to fight and to defend their positions. So they know what the criticisms are. If you look at the aftermath of of 2012, there was a huge reconfiguration of the Republican platform, the GOP platform where they started to say, we have to be more accepting to immigrants. We have to really show that we care about people who come to this country. We want people to come to this country. We need to court the Latino base more. And that was the first problem because they said Latino and not Latinx, (laughs) which, as we all know, means they're terrible. Of course. However, that's what they determined. And they started doing that. And the response is pretty good. Then you actually see the Republican party base. If you look at the makeup of the, of the base itself change when Trump comes in and starts, starts bringing back this rhetoric about, about building a wall. There are new people now who are pro Trump and who are aligning themselves with the Republican party. So the Republican party moved on immigration and then Trump came in and got a new base. And the Republican Party was very, it was shaken by that, didn't know how to respond. Now I think they're really good at that. They're good at this, they're bad at the follow through. And so what I worry is that you know they distance themselves from Trump until some really uber Trumpy guy comes in and starts, again, parroting talking points, talking about Donald Trump, Talking about how he won, and these people start getting plaudits. I don't know if that'll happen or not.
1: I think right now what they're what they're really worried about is Trump still does have a lot of support in the in the Republican Party. I guess I'm going to say to people who identify as Republicans, he's got a lot of support, and I think they're afraid. One of the criticisms I've seen since he came out as the uh, Constitution Terminator is uh, that they are not. Uh, they're not criticizing him. They're, they're not coming out and calling him out for how ridiculous this is. Now there have been several, but say Mitch McConnell hasn't came out and called out Trump for this constitution termination. And what I think has happened is a lot of these higher ups, they've decided that they just want to ignore Trump and act like he doesn't exist. And the more that they feed into anything he says, actually, the more fuel there is for Trump McConnell coming out and saying, I don't care about that guy. He's crazy. That's not really going to do anything to hurt Trump. That's actually just going to help him. And so what they can do to hurt Trump is to ignore him, in fact, and that's what they're trying to do. And the left is really not allowing them to do that. What I've seen tons of articles from a lot from Newsweek, a lot from your more, even more left-leaning publications uh, saying that the Republicans are refusing to uh, to call out Trump for this crazy constitution termination. I think they just want to ignore the guy. And I think that's a pretty good strategy. What they need to do is get over the hump of being afraid of the people who support Trump so much that are Republican voters. They've got to bring forth a better idea or a better cult leader or whatever it is those people are looking for. Because unfortunately, that's what a lot of them are looking for. They need a better idea And if they need to, they can use some fear. Okay, I get it. You like Trump. But what about this guy DeSantis? And by the way, look how terrible these people over here on the left are. So I know that you're mad about us not having Trump up here, but you don't want these people to be in power. And they need to get over that fear of telling those people that they don't like Trump and they don't want him to be the nominee and that they want to go with a different guy. And I guess we'll see if, I guess we'll see if they're going to get the guts to do it. Like you were saying, are they going to actually follow through?
0: But people don't really like DeSantis. I in general, Floridians and people who are close to DeSantis don't like DeSantis because he's a cult leader. They like him because he gets things done. They like him because he does what he is what he says he's gonna do with the state. Uh now again, I'm actually not the hugest DeSantis fan, but it's not the populism. That's the thing that gets magnified nationwide, and then people who are who who know that soundbite cell will magnify on both the right and the left will multiply the, the cultiness of it will multiply the will multiply the the, the 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 populism aspect of it but that's really not that's really not why people like him i thought you would like to so,
1: i'm sorry i thought you would like him because he told businesses that they didn't have the right to require people to take the vaccine i thought that he would like be your be your guy On that whole thing,
0: no businesses can can require our employees to take the vaccine. Okay, what they can't do is is they can't require. I I I think that it is uh their their issues. This is the debate that that we never uh, had. You and I never had. If you want to have it, we can have it now. We don't. uh, Unfortunately,
1: there's no time. Uh, Weirdly enough, we've got like five minutes before we have to end. Oh, you
0: brought it up right at the. I hate that I
1: happened to bring it up when we only had a few minutes left. But uh, we' we'll, we'll have to get that debate going again sometime. So sorry, yeah, no, I interrupted just, just you. Just I quick, just had to make sure I brought that up.
0: Yeah, as, as a quick uh, explainer, Nate's position is, is that business private businesses can require customers to take the COVID-19 vaccine in particular. And my position was given a number of, of, of issues that I thought that, yes, they could require they could require customers to mask and they could require employees to be vaccinated. They could not require customers to be vaccinated. Uh, and so this was a debate that Nate and <laughs> I were, strangely, we never had it. Remember, had the it, debate was, was yeah.
1: whether or not they could, not whether or not they should, which we are both in agreement yeah. on.
0: Yes, exa- <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I'll <laughs> make sure to not put words in your mouth there.
1: Yeah. Well, you. I mean, you said could. I just wanted to emphasize that yeah. for people that were listening. Yeah. Um. One exactly. thing I don't remember what we were talking about because I rudely interrupted you. I did. I had to point out. I uh, make sure I want to point out that um, neither one of these sides really care about the Constitution all that much. Uh, only so far as they could use it as a political tool whenever they can. It's more of an obstacle for their power. So I don't think either one of these sides and to, to see the Biden administration, and the White House and all the people on the left coming out just with their unwavering support for the U.S. Constitution, which they just absolutely love and would never do anything against. It's laughable. It's hypocritical, obviously. And I pointed out on my show notes, we can't forget that ironically, if it weren't for some of Trump's judges that he appointed the Biden administration would have gotten away with canceling about $400 billion in student loans. They still might. We'll see. And forcing workers at private companies to get the COVID vaccine, something that I think those businesses could do, but not that the government could force the businesses to require of people. And those are just the first two that came to my mind. So it was literally some Trump-appointed judges that have prevented Biden from blatantly going against the Constitution several times. Uh, which you think would never happen because Biden and the administration care so deeply about the Constitution.
0: Every time these people talk about democracy being in peril, I want to ask them to define democracy because we we hear about it all the time. It's never defined. Honestly, democracy requires something called pluralism, which is... More people, more voice in the public square, more opportunities for voice. If we want to talk about issues with, with voting and with, with access to choice and with access to, to constitutional say, if we want to talk about access to that and democracy being violated, we should really talk about the violation of pluralism that goes on with duopoly-type systems where, again, people who could otherwise have an exit, who could have multiple candidates from which to choose, people who represent them more, they're blocked from even knowing who these candidates are. They're blocked from being able to vocalize their support for these candidates because, again, these rules and regulations around who can run, who can be on the national stage, it's very, very oriented toward Republican-Democrat binary.
1: One really great example of that was Bernie Sanders saying repeatedly that just two senators were preventing the Build Back Better bill from being passed. And what he meant was there were 52 senators that were preventing it from being passed. But he kept saying that it were was only two people that were holding back this legislation. I think it was Build Back Better. It could have been something else. And what he meant was in his form of democracy... The only side that there was was the Democrat side, and that there were Why those you- 50 people, and that's it. And so, two of them prevented what the will of the people.
0: Why do you need more than one side? Why do you need, it's, it's, you need one type of side. You need one type of toothpaste. You go to the store. There's too many options. I don't like it. No, you just need the one. One side, that's that's democracy. One side, I hope it's called it greens. I like them, not the salty ones. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, it, it's well, a more recent example. I know we have to go. A more recent example would be that, chase oliver in georgia right violated democracy or jeopardized democracy because he sent georgians to a runoff because some people voted for him and not either the right or the left and that's actually democracy people choosing what they want and saying actually none of these guys represent me that's it's messy this is democracy and if you have a problem with it You better ask yourself what words you're using for the thing you're defending.
1: I would love to get someone's response on that. Amanda, tell everyone where they can go to read some of your stuff. I know you're getting published and you're doing TV appearances and we're so lucky to have you coming on doing a guest host spot. So where can they go to keep up with you?
0: Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at Ajax, the Griff, A-J-A-X-T-H-E-G-R-I-S-F. And you can also check out my contributor page at Young Voices, where you will see all of the latest on on, uh, video and broadcast and articles and all manner of good things. You can mostly find me on the Twitter machine, though, and we're working on the Instagrams. We're working on it. (laughs) It's going to be a journey, and I hope that you can join me.
1: All right. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm going to... Do our outro and hang on, you know, don't just some people just leave, you know, just just hang out. I never
0: skedaddle. No. uh,
1: All right. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. Go follow Amanda on Twitter. And when she does figure out the Instagram and how to make that whole thing work, then go do that as well. We're going to keep having her on so we can have these wonderful conversations. I hope everyone had a great weekend and we're all going to have a really great week. We'll be back here again tomorrow. Until then, have a good day and a good morning. Liberty, which means nothing, by the way. You can't have a good morning liberty. It's not a thing.